Welcome to the Badass Fertility Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Bregman, and I am so excited to bring you guys an extra special, super inspiring, inspiration-packed episode because I have two amazing miracle mamas who are joining us here today, Nita and Penny, and their daughter, Lily, who is now four months old, may be in the background, so you might hear a little bit of beautiful baby cooing and laughing. Um, And so we're going to talk to Penny and Nita today because they are here to tell us a bit about their journey, what they went through on their path to becoming mothers of the amazing miracle daughter that they have now. And I will tell you, um, I met Penny and Nita uh, a couple, about mm, a year or two ago and worked pretty closely with Nita. She went through my program and she's going to also talk a bit about how going through the program impacted her mindset and her approach to fertility and ended years of struggle to conceive and ultimately resulted in their amazing miracle child. So without any further ado, I want to bring on Penny and Nita. Hello, hello, and welcome. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you so much for having us and allowing us this platform to share and hopefully inspire other couples to keep going. Um, This topic's very near and dear to our hearts and we just appreciate you thinking of us to share our journey with others. Thank you so much. Well, we really appreciate the time that you're taking out of your lives um, to be here with us today and to share and, you know, help other women. Because one of the things that I always say and really truly believe in my heart is that when you defy statistics, it's not an anomaly, right? It's not that it's like, It may be an anomaly, statistically speaking, but there are really clear-cut things that we can do as human beings, right, and as women in particular who are seeking to conceive that help increase those odds dramatically, right? Whether or not we've got plethoras of scientific research backing it up, we know it because we see it, right? And you guys have Mm -hmm. lived it. So, um, So tell us a little bit about your story, where, when, you, when you started trying to conceive, t- take us back to, to um, wherever you think is appropriate to start. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's really important to start with our mindset at the beginning of this. Mm. Um, like, we really felt that, um, you know, like when you're in school, you're taught pretty much strategies not to get pregnant and, yeah. you know, all that it takes one time with intercourse and then boom, you're going to be pregnant because... That's just the way that it works. Yep. So we kind of came with that kind of mentality mm-hmm. and realized that that's just a fantasy and that the reality of it all um, is there's so many different intricate parts that have to come together. Mm. Um, your eggs have to be healthy enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you, your uterus has to be healthy enough. Um, your hormones need to be at certain levels at just the right time. Um, just, yeah, just the stars just all need to stars. Magically, yes. you know, for this one spectacular thing to happen. And then even after the stars align, you still have to get through the implementation phase. You still have to undergo like, um, the baby developing the placenta and, you know, just the egg sac, just all sorts of 
minute steps that are so critical to this process just have to all come together to make it happen. And, so, um, okay, mm-hmm. go on. Figure, finish your thought. I didn't want to interrupt you. No, it's okay. I was just going to say, um, you know, generally speaking, we looked at ourselves as being relatively healthy and eating well. I had mm-hmm. normal cycles. So we kind of jumped into this thinking it's going to be pretty easy. Right. And then it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so tell me about so, the, it wasn't what, what came up for you guys? So um, we started back in 2019 and we chose to use a fraternity clinic to help us because we wanted to you know, get the best type of um, care that we could in helping us on this journey. Yep. And two, I feel like uh, fertility clinics provide you with structure and a little bit more education um, when it comes to starting fertility. Uh, okay. I know, I know not, not to knock other ways to do this process, but for us, that structure was important. Um, cool. So... <clears throat> So basically what we had to do with the fertility clinic, um, which is a little different for, I guess, other couples is we had to, we had to go through like different types of screenings. Mm-hmm. We had to actually sit down with a social worker mm-hmm. and talk about my mindset as the person that's not conceiving. Mm-hmm. Um, would I be okay if this baby wasn't biologically related to me? Mm-hmm. How would I treat the child? Um, so it was, a, there was a lot of like, psychological things that we had to go through as well as physical things um so basically the way things worked with us is because nita was a is a relatively healthy person they wanted us to do uh iuis intrauterine insemination Mm -hmm. and with no um medical like medicine to to you know promote uh, on top of it no monitoring uh-huh. basically it was just a, a, a natural thing like mm-hmm. they would uh, do the insemination based on wanting to cycle and then they would go from there um so we, we didn't we didn't know what to really expect uh just because nita did have regular cycles we were thinking okay this is going to be relatively simple mm-hmm. right and uh that first uh iui was like a gut punch it was just like what do you mean she's not pregnant like yeah. this should be mm, this is yeah. this is, everything's right and everything wasn't right so um you know that's so hard but the good thing is is that we could continue you know right so you know we, we tried again um a second time and things started changing physically for nita as mm. we started going further down this journey mm-hmm. so yeah what she means by changing yeah is, tell me about that um, they, they became more painful um like the first time that we tried the IUI like I was like certain that I was pregnant because of course you know you go to google and you're just like this tells me I'm pregnant and <laughs> this is right and I'm supposed to have these kind of cramps right now and yeah this is part of the journey <laughs> Um, it's implantation cramps for sure. Definitely. Right, right. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, of course. Come on now. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and then too, like Penny said, my um cycles are they were always like extremely on time. Like that twenty-six day mark, boom. It, it it was coming sometime that day. And sometimes it did, sometimes um it didn't. Mm. 
but in the meantime, you know, there's like all of this cramping action happening and then just like being super hot, just all of those Google symptoms that tell mm-hmm. you that you're pregnant. Um, and as she said, like we continued to go. And by the third time, I remember distinctly, I was in so much pain that we had to leave one of the events that we were attending. Wow. And I'm like, something isn't wow. right. You so know, this was so. after the third IUI uh, mm-hmm. like implantation near the point in your cycle where you expected to become pregnant, you were experiencing right. more intense cramps than you have had in the past, like ever. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was pretty bad. Um, and so that night we like came back home and I took a shower and then I actually found a lump in my breast. Oh my God. And then I started um, actually having some bleeding. And so I'm just like, this is a lot to happen in one day. (laughs) Yeah. Not a great day. Okay, go on. No. Go on. Yeah. So we immediately um, scheduled an appointment with an OBGYN who also confirmed that she was concerned about the lump in my breast. Oh, my God. You know, said it could be a cyst, but we just want to kind of make sure. And then, of course, when we reached out to our fertility doctor, she's just like, yeah, we're just going to have to stop everything at this point because there's just too much happening. We need to make sure that, you know, your breast is okay, and like we're not looking at a cancerous situation. Oh, my God. Um, So I ended up getting a biopsy done um, and like ultrasounds and had to get... uh, what do we call it when your breasts a mammography yeah Uh so I had to get that done and um fortunately everything came back benign but I did have everything removed out of it um okay and then I had to go back a couple months later to get another mammography done to make sure that nothing grew back so it was just like these different health concerns were pushing our expected time right. to conceive right. further right. and further back, you know. So right. you waited. Your fertility. Oh, you sorry, waited. No, no, you're good. You waited an entire year between that mm-hmm. first um, test to make sure that you were cancer free. And then you waited a whole year of not trying just to make sure that your body was physically healthy first. Right. Well, it wasn't quite a year with okay. the um, breast soreness down. What mm-hmm. I forgot to mention mm-hmm. was part of those initial screenings that we did um, that summer of 2019. Okay. Um, we found a fibroid um, that was like making its way in my uterus. Okay. And at first it wasn't a concern, but mm-hmm. then after all of the failed IUIs and then... Um, Later on, we discovered that um, it probably was having an effect on my ability to the implantation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, right about the time that the lump happened, you know, we had the conversation with the fertility doctor, like, "Yeah, maybe you should try to have a myomectomy to get this fibroid out of your uterus mm-hmm. and see if maybe that's been causing all the problems." Right. All along. Right. And by this point even in between periods like I was having pain and that was getting um, progressively worse as well so wow it was just a lot that year it is it is I mean it's so interesting that the pain started happening when you got really proactive about the IUI you know so yeah 
so there's an interesting potential connection there. You know, we could speculate about that, but let's let's keep keep going. So so you got the clearance, right? But the pain mm-hmm. was getting yep. worse. All right. And you had the fibroid removed. Yes. Okay. And then what happened after that? So then, of course, you have to wait because that's right. the magic word in the fertility <laughs> journey is you have to wait. You have to wait your two weeks. You have to wait, you know, after your two weeks. Oh so we God. had to wait. Once so much waiting. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And that's really a difficult part because, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, let me in, coach. Let me go. Yeah, like, <laughs> good. Let's go. Let's move. Let's move. Let's move. You know. Right. But I mean, that's one of those things we talk about too. Is the timeline. At the same time, you're, you're told you're told that your fertility age, mm-hmm. you're decreasing the amount of eggs that you can produce, mm-hmm. the quality of eggs. So you're like. You know, you're an old biddy at 36. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> According to like the Western medical paradigm, but we know that's not true, right? But yeah, it's called a geriatric pregnancy. I mean, it's like, what? Mm-hmm. What are you? Right. Yeah. And you're yeah. treated as such. Mm-hmm. And it's just a horrible way to mm-hmm. just think of, like, you start getting down on yourself about that stuff too. Yeah. Because you're feeling like the fertility window is slowly closing. Right. Not slowly, quickly. It is right. barely. Right. <laughs> Right, you feel like it's spiraling. Now we're over thirty-five and trying, mm-hmm. and now that just puts you in a whole nother ball game. Right. Mm-hmm. So after Nita had that myomectomy, she had to have. Um, it was not only two weeks, but then she had to wait six months, and then we had to make sure that her cycle was aligning for her to be able to do the next IUI. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, I was like, well, "What could increase our?" chances of getting this you know getting this miracle baby yes and doctor was just like well you know you could try a medicated cycle and okay. so we're, we're kind of like okay what does that entail so they give her a number of fertility drugs and really monitor her cycle she does blood tests and, and all kinds of things to get a baseline panel um and then you know it seemed pretty straightforward it was just kind of like maybe it increased your chances by like five percent at best Mm. to get pregnant yeah i think for for us was like well you know it's five percent at best totally Mm -hmm. yeah you know like that's better than one percent right you know logically speaking that just seemed the right move Mm -hmm. yeah because you know when you're doing iuis you have to monitor your ovulation right and see at the time, you know, we're just going by what the doctors say. Okay, whenever you get the smiley face, give us a call. But as we got deeper into the situation, we kind of learned, well, that smiley face might mean that you had just an hour or right. you may have, right. you know, 24 hours. Exactly. So, you know. Which is so funny. The doctors space. are not telling you that, right? Not to get mm-hmm. down on doctors or anything, but there's right. so much information that is not shared. It's like it's just sort of out there, but unless you figure it out or you have someone who can help you, you just might not know it. You know, like exactly. you said, you could be doing that smiley face for months and not realize that mm-hmm. you are someone who ov- you ovulated 10 minutes after you got that smiley face, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So you so, did, go ahead, Penny. So after, so that fourth IUI okay. was so telling Yeah. because before, like, I want to say, like, two or three days before 
she was supposed to have the IUI. Mm-hmm. The, the doctor does a, does a inner uterine ultrasound okay. and she found two fibroids that were pressing into Nita's uterine cavity mm-hmm. plus a cyst oh that was God. like, hey, I'm going to keep releasing estrogen. Yeah. And, and <laughs> Just to make the party even more fun. <laughs> Right, exactly. Right, let me get in on this. Let me let me just produce too much estrogen for you. Okay, mm-hmm. go on. Sorry. Also, this is at this point we are heavy into COVID. Oh my god! So like Nita's getting oh all god. of this information by herself. She doesn't have an advocate, and I believe wholeheartedly mm. in advocates. Fight for advocacy. Because yes, it's so important. Yes, yes. Um, so you couldn't go and into so, the appointments with her. Is that what you're I saying? Couldn't. Okay. Oh my I God. Oh, and yeah. Oh, by the way, the cellular service was so horrible that it was just frustrating because I'm sitting in the car right. going like, oh, I can't hear anything. I can't see anything. Oh like, my it's God. Just crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah, and and we also find this out again, just to emphasize, right before, like the day before, I'm supposed to be inseminated again. Right. So it's like, what am I going to do? I've already gone through these fertility drugs. We're right here at oh the right God. point. Like, yeah. And the doctor said to us, well, you know, we can just go ahead and go through this. And I'm like, this is sounding crazy to me. Right. Um, well, meanwhile, too, mm-hmm. in our in our process, we have to have a donor. So Exactly. Like, we're running out of donor sperm. Right. Right. That point. stuff's not free. Right. Like that's right. another it's cost that you are putting on top that's of your right. whole journey. Yeah. Yes. Go on. And for, for us, we had, we went through three different donors just to put it out there. Mm-hmm. By the fourth IUI, we went, we only had one more vial left for a, for a fifth. Okay. And I'm sorry for, that was the last one for the fourth. Sorry. Okay, so that was the end of the for the new donor. I see. And then when we switched over to IVF, we ended up with another donor. So it was just, and the reason why we had such a hard time or inconsistency with donors was because we wanted to have um, an African American um, baby since we're African American, and Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. you know we we were just like you know we want a baby that kind of looks like us, you know. Um, Sounds reasonable. Hard to find, yeah. It was also hard to find um, an African American donor who wanted full ID disclosure, which only meant that at some point, when our child gets eighteen, she could reach out to potentially, potentially find out who her, who fathered her, and um, yeah, who her donor was. Um, That's beautiful. Just for that chance. That's so beautiful. You know, yeah. being able to know. Um, yeah, and at that point, the donor could say, "Yeah, I'm open to it," or "No, I'm not." But right. we just wanted to give her that ability if she ever decided to make that choice that you wow. know she could. Wow! Um, yeah, so that's so courageous. It, it, was, it was multiple yes. layers. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> not to mention the cost because right. insurance isn't covering any right. of this. Right. This right. No. A lot of yeah. yeah. So that IUI, she ended up failing that was the fourth one and then they said uh our OBGYN was like yep you have to get those removed that she was referring to the fibroids okay so you went ahead with that IUI cycle you did it and you just said fuck it let's just do it because we've already gotten this far yeah 
Makes sense. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. But All this, right. This 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 procedure was so different than the myomectomy that she had uh, mm. prior to in 2019, 2020. She was, they just went in and for lack of a better, prettier way to say this, they scrape out the fibroid. Right. And hope that it doesn't regrow. Right. Well, <laughs> the doctor, the OBGYN was like, yeah, we can't do that. So basically the open myomectomy is a very, very painful cesarean um, where the doctor was like, I'm going to go in, I'm going to remove everything that I see that is a fibroid. Right. And when it came down to it, Nita had 10 fibroids removed and wow. the fibroids that were pressing into her uterine wall were the size of like a really decent sized meatball. Some were like the size of golf balls, smallest as a pebble. Um, My God. Now, let me just yeah. interrupt for a second here. So these fibroids that you guys discovered, were these, they had developed over the course of doing the IUIs or they were unidentified in the beginning? And and do we so have an answer to that even? Yeah. So, so in the beginning, there was just one right. that was pushing into just, just a little bit. So mm -hmm. they weren't really concerned. But then once I had the first myomectomy that like, enabled room for the other two to develop and start pushing into the uterine cavity it was just like you know roll over roll. so they all rolled over and one <laughs> fell out you know like it and was then more like came that. in yeah yeah um so it just gave it more room to grow and mm -hmm. so we had to like she said do the more evasive approach which was the open myomectomy and they go in and take your uterus out and literally cut out um to the treasure hunt yeah, so just go and find them I, oh my god so at this okay so at this point you've been through four iuis a few yeah. vials a few different sperm donors right mm -hmm. um at that point okay two surgeries one of which the second one was even more invasive than the first what right. what kept you guys going why why did you keep going tell me about that Okay. <laughs> to be honest, I don't even know what. Like looking back, I'm like, why did we keep going? Well, there's and a the reason. Right. That, yeah. Go ahead. Yes. The only reason that the only reason that I can give is we are very fortunate. We had the financial means to yes. keep doing so. Yes. That's the. Amen. One. Yes, that's and huge. I personally nothing against Western medicine because I do take an Advil every now and then when I'm cramping. Sure. Um, <laughs> but. I also felt like there's something more like yeah. there's something more. And I'm like, why can't the doctors just tell us like, yeah, you know, Western medicine's cool, but maybe you should consider taking this vitamin regimen mm -hmm. or maybe mm -hmm. you should continue uh, like tr try to figure out what is your diet or surrounding mm -hmm. this? Mm -hmm. What, um, what kind of mindset do you need to be in? What do you mm -hmm. recommend? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I think the switch for me, was after she had the surgery, our OBGYN was like, you know, Juanita needs to go through pelvic floor therapy. Okay. And I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> like, I didn't really think. I was like, I like, the things you learn on this journey. Like, yes. <laughs> right. Exactly. And uh -huh. then, you know, I have a therapist because I'm crazy. And okay. I need my therapist. my therapist. In the most loving and endearing way, go on. Right. So my therapist is like, 
pelvic floor therapy is the best thing that you can do for yourself. And people don't realize how vital. Side note, totally is. is. It really is pelvic floor therapy. Big fan. Go on. Right. <laughs> and so I, I just felt this, this kind of was like the turning point uh -huh. where I started uh -huh. just going, okay. I'm seeing a different side of this fertility journey. Yeah. You don't have to think about this like this. Yes. And when she did that, I was actually part of my French. I was like, fuck it. We're going balls to the walls on this. Yes. I talked to her OBGYN and she was just like, I said, well, our insurance, Nita's insurance won't cover, you know, IVF until she does her sixth IUI, her sixth fail IUI. Okay. Okay. So I was just like, yeah. So she was just like, if I were you, I would do everything you can. Just do those last two IUIs, mm -hmm. get cleared for IVF. Mm -hmm. And she said, but in the meantime, start looking at things holistically. Mm -hmm. So which was something too that I kept bringing up at the beginning, even at the beginning right. of our journey. I, I was just like, you know, are there any vitamins I should be taking? Like, right. please let me know. Mm -hmm. And I was just kind of like scooched under the rug a bit. Yeah. And was just like, oh no, you know, and at that point I was 34. Right. So they were like, oh, no, it's, you're, you should be fine. You know, just go ahead. Normal. And right about this time, you know, we again were like, are there any vitamins or anything? And we still weren't quite getting like, a, yeah, you can do this or you can do that. So mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm mm -hmm. going back to Google. <laughs> you know? Well, that's yeah. the thing, too. And one of the reasons why, like one of my biggest like pet peeves and like things that I advocate for is you have got to lead your journey, right? You've got to be the right. one in charge of your bump squad. You've got to be the one who is, you know, initiating those conversations. And if the doctor's not having them following up with other experts in different areas, because we're raised to think that the doctor's going to fix it. And the doctor knows the answer. And if they're not answering my question, then maybe my question's just not valid enough or important enough. And even if we don't consciously think that it's like something that we internalize and it drives our behavior to be kind of like acquiescent. Like you knew Nita and initially like yeah. there's something more here, but it's so hard initially to really come forward and, and own that, you know, and you yeah. got well, you to that what? point though. Yeah, go ahead. I'll tell you this. I don't, for me, I wasn't even going to go outside of the doctors. I just mm -hmm. got real firm with them because here's the thing about Western medicine. We should not put up with the BS that they push down our throats in terms of how how this this should go right mm -hmm. we're paying for this yep. lots of money yep i'm not gonna sit here and say to people well you know there's no other so i actually got i twisted their arm to the point that i said what can she take mm -hmm. i said per personally you know i agree with western medicine but i also know there are other things that she could mm -hmm. be taking right and then that's when they started cracking and telling me well she should take coq10 right she should look into my nest at all right she right taking vitamin d mm -hmm. so let's, like, let's slow this down this was actually information <laughs> that was first given to us from a fertility nurse that we started seeing okay because we had you know start to get money together for ivf and ended up taking out a loan from a really great company mm -hmm. that also gives you fertility counseling as well because they realized that this is a lot and that i just want to pause for a second and point mm -hmm. out here that 
I want to give a real shout out to you guys because I know initially we said IVF, IUI, it costs so much money and thank God, you know, you are in a position to put those resources into it. But I also want to acknowledge you for taking the the risk that you did, like you said, having to get the loan, having to, like, it's not like all this money just fell from the sky. You know, you had to work for it and you had to prioritize this dream above other things. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and ultimately it paid off. So I just want to acknowledge that you did that. You made that choice and you have your beautiful baby in your arms. And I have to, so like, to be honest with you, the IUIs, the last two IUIs was just kind of vanilla we did yeah. we did she did get pregnant we, and that's when the fifth one we found out because again because i had the myomectomy um i had to go back and do all of the screenings again and that's something else too that you have to do yep. if you're taking longer than a year to um right. go through this you have to get your um sti tests done again mm-hmm. get all those sexually get all transmitted done. Yep. things you have to get that done again you have to get the ultrasounds done again you have to get the the for me it was painful the hsg Mm. um done again i was just talking about that with a client the other day yeah i was preparing her (laughs) like here's what it's gonna be go on so you had to do that twice right because die through your um through your fallopian tubes tubes, Mm -hmm. and then that has always been painful for me and this Mm. time around too with covid and just in general they don't let you have somebody in there with you yeah and that second time that i had to do that it was really painful and that's when they discovered that one of my fallopian tubes was blocked Mm. so at that point um before we did the fifth and sixth they were like well do you want to have a more evasive thing done here you know your insurance probably won't cover it, but we can really go into those fallopian tubes, see if the and way that we them more than we did. Oh right. my God. Like, hey, pal, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? For an object. We could torture you more. Would you like that right. for an extra cost? Because sometimes, <laughs> sometimes what will happen is, you know, it will clear out with this method because yeah. we actually have to push another tube through the fallopian oh tube instead of just the dye. And oh I'm looking at Penny, like, the first one, or the, the last time, I barely made it. Like, I broke out in sweats. The people had to hold my hand. Like, yeah. it, it I told Nita, I told Nita, ain't no way. Ain't no way. No. And, but the other thing <laughs> was, when they did that first HSG, they said the, the floating tube may be blocked. Interesting. The test was, oh, yeah, that's right. The like, inconclusive. The test was kind of inconclusive. Yeah. They couldn't tell huh. whether or not it was, like, Okay. <laughs> Something blocking the flow of YouTube. It was just not enough. Or like data a shadow. Yeah. And yeah. then yeah. like, so let's do something more invasive. Let's see what's going on. Oh. <laughs> like, I was like, F it. We're going for it. Like, I literally told Nita, yeah. just get the IUI done. Yeah. Okay. That's, 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 uh-huh. that's why we were just like, it's 50 50. You know, like, yeah. I'm not going to keep putting my body through all this torture. No, this no, no, no. Like, yeah. You know, two surgeries in and that open myomectomy took a lot of look a lot more out of me than I ever expected it to. And I'm just, I was just done. I'm like, okay. And I think at that point is where Penny realized that Nita probably needs to talk to someone because yeah. about her mental state at this point, because yeah. we are like a year and a half in almost two years in. And, and I reached out to a dear friend of yours. I don't know if I can say her name. Yeah, that's fine. But, 
Megan is amazing. Um, I love, so I worked with Megan. That's how I met Megan. And she was just like, oh, well, I have, a, we ended up having lunch together. And she was just like, I have this friend who is really into fertility and she can guide her. She's a fertility counselor. She would love to. And I was just like, where have you been? <laughs> like, the, the timing of this lunch was divine. <laughs> Like, I love Megan because I yes. feel like I just felt like she got it. She, she understood. Got it. She like, got I it. talk to other people and they're just like, well, you know, this is just the way. It, I'm like, just keep but trying. It doesn't have to be this way. Like, am I, I know. crazy? I know. Like, it doesn't have to be like this. Right. And so, like, and also on top of this, you're sold this fallacy in the beginning that this journey is wonderful. The journey of motherhood, <laughs> becoming a mother is so <laughs> wonderful. And you're over here like, Hey, let's just stick something up there, see what's going on. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. It's like this sounds horrible. And yeah. I'm paying for it. And I'm paying for it. <laughs> but, but but not only that, but just like the emotional devastation of your you know, your coworkers getting pregnant, your friends are getting pregnant. Right. You have like Penny has a cousin that had like four or five kids. Like the fifth one, she didn't even want to tell me that she was pregnant because yeah, yeah the fourth one oh she was just God. like she she waited until like a safe time to tell me yeah someone feels pregnant again because and, and you're like well what the heck is wrong with me like, right right even though up. you know one in six now it used to be one in eight now it's one in six couples struggle to conceive right are diagnosed with infertility in one way or another and i hate the word infertility but that's mm -hmm. what they call it and nita yeah. i remember when we first started working together there was that issue of like a colleague that you had, right? And there was who was mm -hmm. always asking you, so when do you want to have babies? Are you going to have babies? Oh, yeah. And we had like a whole session, you know, just talking yes. about how to deal with that, you know? Yes. So, yes, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did tell Catherine about her. Yes, I did. <laughs> because it's a big deal. I mean, it seems it like it's is. small or insignificant if you're not the one going through it. But if you're the one going through it, it's like throwing acid on a wound. You know, yeah, it's right. it's yeah. like a gut punch that someone's delivering without realizing that they're punching you in, in the gut, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. okay, so you get to that point, so you find me, and what happens next? Mm -hmm. Tell me more. So, you know, I, I have to first say that I don't really like talking about my feelings. <laughs> and one thing that I really liked about you was that you made me feel comfortable enough to share like little nuggets at first. Yeah. And then we just started getting deeper and deeper into it as I began to trust you more and you know, uncover different things about just the process, like just, just letting it out. Yeah. Because, you know, I came in again with this expectation of, you know, it's just going to happen. And, you know, we talked about how I was a goal getter, you know, yes. I'm used to doing this. I'm used to getting things the way that I want them to be. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I don't have any control over. Right. And that was hard to accept, you know, mm -hmm. with the vitamins, with the different trials, with my body, just doing whatever mm -hmm. it wanted to do that particular month, you know, um, <clears throat> just kind of understanding that 
it, it's so out of your control and all you really can do is just put that positive vibe out there but also like working with you I think helped heal a lot of things um as well you know like some of the panic around getting pregnant you know because for me it was just like well I'm already over the hill and right 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 which is such bullshit oh my god like don't even get me started on all of that craziness um can I tell you Catherine from the outside looking in though what mm-hmm. I found was a sense of calm in our house. Mm-hmm. Energy stopped being less, like more, like, it was less frenetic energy. It was mm. more positive light in the house. It felt like a weight was lifted. <sighs> and the biggest thing that I helped, that you helped both of us discover was providing ourselves grace. Yeah. Giving ourselves grace during this journey. Mm-hmm. Be kind to yourself. Like, mm-hmm. stop beating yourself up because it's, 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 it'll never end. It'll mm-hmm. never end if you continue to be down on yourself. So true. And that was a hard thing to learn. Like, mm-hmm. it's not easy to give yourself grace. No, it's so not. I, I, think I have too, to thank you for that, definitely. Just to add on that you. and get back to the fertility journey. So now we're doing IVF. And that first time, um, we were successful with implantation, but then we ended up having a miscarriage. Yeah. And I remember that. Um, it came like, and that was like another, like when you talked about frenetic energy. So I had to go in for my, um, it's not called an implantation, but when they, um, yeah, when they put the egg back in. Oh, the transfer. Mm-hmm. Thank you. The embryo transfer was like a day after my dad had passed. So, yeah, so it's like, once again, here we are with all of this prep, all of this, everything, and I have to make that decision again. Do we go forward or do we, you know, wait? And, you know, we chose to go forward again because it's like we've gotten this far. Oh, my God. You're so amazing. You're you're both so fucking strong. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, wow. Lily has two amazing mommies. Go on. Like, I'm not going to let this, you know, derail everything that we have, mm-hmm. you know, been working towards. And right. so to have that miscarriage like a month later and. So the miscarriage actually happened on my birthday. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I only found out that it was going to be inevitable that the baby stopped growing. No, no. Yeah. On my birthday. Wow. Mm-hmm. And wow. The thing was. I go with Nita because of COVID protocol. Yeah. So mm. Nita was by herself receiving this information. Mm. She, they discovered that she had a blighted ovum. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know for your listeners that don't know what that is. It's when the egg sac is created, but there's nothing inside of the sac. Right. So the fetal pole is not inside of the sac, mm-hmm. I should say. Okay. Um. So like, I'm now freaking out because my wife is, at the fertility clinic, I did not drive my wife that morning because I was like, well, why would I show up if right. I can't even be? Right. So I stayed home mm-hmm. and she drove herself. Ugh. And when, like, I just remember thinking I was an idiot for letting her drive herself, number mm-hmm. one. Um, but I just felt so bad. And yeah, it took me like an hour to get home to, to, to just get to the point where I could go back in the driver's seat because oh I, I mean I was just whew. 
Yeah. Devastated. Um, It was just so much, you know, and it was like, how could I have? That's heartbreaking. So much. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was like a rainy day. It was like the struggle getting there. And it just didn't feel fair. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of stuff too behind the scenes that we're legally can't we cannot talk about. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. It was there were other hurdles that we had kind of <laughs> dealt with in the middle of that. Right. So right. um just to get to that point. Oh my gosh. Um so yeah, I, I felt really bad, but one of the things that we advised were advised uh, to do was genetic testing. Yeah. The reason why we didn't do it with the first I- IVF was it would have pushed the can down the road like another two cycles for Nita. <laughs> so we were like, yeah, we oh. had three. You're like, eggs. nope, we're doing it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Crazy. Yeah. And I think this is important for everyone to hear. It's like that first time. Sorry, I'm still wiping my eyes. <laughs> that Thank you so much for sharing that eggs. with us. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. The first time we got three eggs to fertilize, but only one made it. Right. So, you know, it was just like, okay, um, let's just go ahead and try this one. It made it this far. So let's go ahead and see what what happens. Yeah. Thank you. And then that second time that we did, we had to go back and, you know, do another egg retrieval and get pumped up with all of the eggs and, I will say just to kind of hop back around now that I can talk a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> with, with the miscarriage. I think part of my mentality for helping me get through that and to continue trying was my work with you because I'm just like, okay, the baby didn't form. So it's just not the right time. Yeah. You know, it, it's just it's not the right time and yes. I'd rather kind of go through this mm-hmm. instead of you know having a loss later or you know finding out that something is not um, going to be healthy for the baby to have or you know to put ourselves in that kind of situation you know yeah so I remember our conversations whether we should try again after that right and I'm just like no, we got to do it. And Penny's yes. just like, well, I'm not ready to do it. And I'm like, no, you know, I think it took us some months before we um, revved up for another IVF cycle because um, just that emotional. Yeah, um, yeah. you have to process. It's a yeah. loss. I mean, you know, a miscarriage is a death and, and it, yeah. it brings grief and that grief has to be processed and you were already still grieving and processing other losses Mm -hmm. and all of it combined. I mean, what you were doing, Nita, is you were developing your connection with your intuitive self and Mm -hmm. you were learning to trust yourself and receive Mm -hmm. that guidance from your higher self, right? And and Mm -hmm. respond to it authentically. So everything you were doing, you know, knowing that you had that strength within you, knowing that you wanted to take a break, all of that is the beauty of working the tools, you know, that, that mm-hmm. we went through together that, that, that you learned. So yeah. it's just so amazing to, 
to know that that was effective and powerful and transformative for you is really, Mm -hmm. really, it's a miracle, you know, it really is. And you have to, you also have to admit though, one of the positive things that I took from the first pregnancy was that she had the ability to get pregnant. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you for pointing that out. You, you had the ability to get pregnant. You got pregnant. and, and yep. right, that's right. It wasn't your fault at mm-hmm. all. Like no. literally, it was a chromosomal issue, right. that caused this, right. So, like, you can get pregnant, exactly, like, exactly. And that's right. the perspective, right. right? I mean, that's like that is the thing to remember. Because you can choose, right. you can choose which side yeah. of the coin you want to look at. Do you want to look at I got I can get pregnant, right? Or right. look at it wasn't, you know, I lost the pregnancy, which is. Mm-hmm. huge and horrible but it doesn't negate yeah. the fact that you got pregnant right, right? and that you right. can That's do it. it again with mm-hmm. the right embryo so okay yeah. so take us so take us now to to this final stretch in your journey what happens next so so let's see so of course here i am you know after i've processed everything and i'm glad that penny mentioned that um, that piece about you can get pregnant because that yes, is me too. really what got me through and got yes. me going again. Cause I'm like, this is the first time that we have officially on record have been pregnant. pregnant. So, you know, of course I'm like, let's do it right away. And he's like, let's slow down a little bit. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, fine. So I got her to come around and I was like, no, I'm good. I'm really good. We can do this. And <laughs> so this time we got like 10 eggs to fertilize. Wow. And then, um, we had three that um, made it to um, okay. a blastocyst phase. And then we had the genetic testing done this time because mm-hmm. we said, okay, we don't want any more um, mm-hmm. heartbreak. So let's just go ahead and make sure that this time everything's good. Mm-hmm. And so um, the embryos came back with one had significant chromosomal issues so we said okay that one you know it's going to have to unfortunately be destroyed because there's nothing you can do they won't medically let you do anything with that right and then we had two more one that was just this like perfect little embryo came back chromosomally sound yes (laughs) um and then we had one that had like slight um issues so we have one more still on ice. It's got low mosaicism. Yeah. Okay. It's euploid, but it's got low mosaicism. Okay. So we you got said, all your okay, terminology well, down there, Penny. I'm very impressed. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, Nina. Yeah. Well, you know what? I will say this. During this process, you have to do your research. Yes. You have to. Because your doctors are only going to tell you so much and... Like, I love my fertility doctor, but mm-hmm. I feel like her hands are really tied to what she has to say in order to stay employed at the clinic. You yes, know? yes. And, and also to be so, true to the paradigm she works in, right? Like, right. The, the Western medicine is what got you, is, is a miraculous thing, right? I mean, it, it has mm-hmm. so much to offer, and, and we can acknowledge that given, like, the gift that it helped bring into your lives. And... It doesn't mean that the doctor knows the whole picture of how reproduction and conception operates, even though we're kind of like socialized to think they do, right? There's like a lot more going on holistically Mm -hmm. than they really can Mm -hmm. talk about and still be true to their job, quote unquote, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's really important to remember that. I think we forget yeah. that a lot of the time and become disempowered. Right. And then that's why you have to just, like you said, you have to kind of be your own advocate yes. or find someone yes. and advocate for you and show you more resources beyond what you're getting from your medical professionals mm -hmm. because like you said, they have to be true to their field and and we know we know that it takes more than that. You know, yes, you have to be yes, it does. It really does healthy for it, physically healthy for it, and just down for the ride. Because <laughs> it will be a ride. It definitely is. So you did that second round of IVF, speaking of the ride, mm -hmm. you took the beautiful yep embryo that had yep. the perfect rating and yep. da -da, what happened and, and funny story okay we're putting the embryo in um she's uh -huh. stuck to yes. the tube so i thought the doctor was joking when they came back and said oh still in the tube and oh my god like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> but yeah no he was serious like, when he said that so, okay <laughs> so i was just like okay so we're a little like me in that sense where we do things in our own time got it and and yeah and she's stuck and, <laughs> you know we got our first like well, we had to go to a wedding, and I was really nervous about checking for a pregnancy myself, but I knew that, you know, if she didn't stick, that I was going to want to drink, because that's going to be my state of mind. Like, Fair enough. Real. Let's be honest here, people. Like, okay. We're going to die as much as we can. Um, so, she stuck, and we. I was so nervous to look at the pink little line and everything, like my hands were shaking, and, you know, she stuck. No! And so... So yeah, so yeah, our little at home pianistic came back <laughs> positive, and then of course I had to do like three or four more. Of course, <laughs> right? You know, completely obsessed during this phase. Wow, and, wow! And here we are now. You know, she survived her little. Um, there, oh gosh, when we first when we went in for the six week and actually saw her little fetal pole in there and saw her little heartbeat like I really couldn't look at first yeah yeah because I, you know just to relive that other trauma that I had you know just a few months prior I it was hard so like it wasn't until I could actually hear that there was a heartbeat mm -hmm. that I could then look at the screen and yeah we it was know. also anxious and so amazing but yeah. also it happened it happened on our fifth wedding anniversary. So like, oh actually we're coming up on it again. Saturday will be our sixth wedding anniversary. Oh. And it was the time that we saw our baby. Wow. That's the amazing. anniversary of seeing our little, our little miracle. Oh my yeah. God. Wow. Okay. So let me ask you this. We've got women, couples, men and women potentially who are listening to this podcast and they're somewhere in the journey that you were, right? So they're they're somewhere on that on that path in their own way with their own story, their own details. If you could say something to them, right? Uh, a piece of advice or a word of wisdom or something that you learned, what would it be? What comes to mind sometimes, for you? Yeah. Sometimes this journey is is not a sprint, it's a marathon. And hell yeah. You have to during that journey, you have to figure out how to give yourself some, some grace. Um, and you know what people who are running marathons do? 
They hire coaches. So <laughs> just have to plug yeah. that in there, right? Because we don't run marathons yeah. on our own. We get support. Yeah. We get support. Right. Yes. Yeah. So find the support. Exactly right. I think too, like that ability to keep trying, you know, like you, you really have to be tough, tough stuff to Fuck keep yeah. going. You do. And I think when I look back at everything that happened, you know, I think, I'm amazed with myself. <laughs> That's mm. astounding. But, you know, with just the persistence that I had to just keep going no matter what the obstacle was. Okay, I got to have this surgery. I'm having it. Okay, we have to do this again. I'm doing it. Okay, I have to sit through this screening again. Great. You know, um, but I don't think that I would have been able to do it without the supportive partner that I had because mm -hmm. Penny never once made me feel bad about not being able to conceive, which some partners do. Um, I feel very blessed that I was able to have insurance cover some of the expenses, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, some of the procedures. I feel blessed that we were in a position to be able to you know, have the medication and to um, also be able to work with you as well, because I don't think that, like Penny said, my mindset, um, by that point, when we started working with you, like, I was just, like, really angry. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's just like, why isn't my body doing what I wanted to do? Absolutely. And a lot of that came from control. You know, I wanted to control the situation. So by the time that I was finished um, your program and by the time that we were able to do IVF, I kind of had like a lighter feeling about it. It was just like, you know yeah. what, if it works, great. You know, if it doesn't work, you know, we'll just go back to the drawing board and Gonna just keep going. really understanding mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. And thinking about our sessions when you talked about your faith, you know, yes. I remember you asked me that and I was like, well, I'm not like super religious, but I do believe things happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. So I would come back to that um, throughout the IVF process. Like, well, if it's going to happen, you know, then it's time, you know, and if it doesn't happen, then there's a really good reason for it not happening. So wow. just, I think that's so being powerful. able to accept, yeah. you know, things that come up in your life because like as you know we had a lot of losses in between that time right and at any point we could have just been like you know what forget it but I also remember you telling me you know like if you have that desire to be a parent you know then you're meant to be a parent it's meant for you and just 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 fully believing that especially like now that she's here yeah i mean like we just look at her all the time even when she's crying when she's fussy like mm -hmm. it's a whole nother vibe y'all when when you have been through the trenches <laughs> yep baby smile you you know you're like, so grateful you're yeah. very grateful you're for, every, for every poop like everyone's every just like yep <laughs> Love the shit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Well, like, it's true. It's true. And no. that's like one of the things that I'm always saying too is that, you know, going through this journey is preparation for motherhood on a whole other level. Mm -hmm. Like it really helps you become the mom you're meant to be in every sense of that word. 
you know, because you have to evolve as a person in order to endure the trials that you've been through. And that pays off as a parent, right? It makes you, um, you know, a greater version of yourself for your child. And that's Mm -hmm. a gift, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a gift. So I don't know if you can see it, but the shirt I'm wearing says, oh no, go ahead. Yeah. What are you saying? I was just saying, you know, you just appreciate it so much more. Yes, you do. What you'll find once you do become pregnant is people try to steal your joy. And hmm. I, and I, that's like a whole nother podcast. Right. Right. And what I mean by that is, oh, you'll never sleep again. Oh, oh. totally. Totally. Yes. You know I see what you're saying. Oh, All the like negative. Like, so, yeah. And it's just like, don't you feel my vibe? Like I've worked so hard to emotionally get to this place where I am pregnant now. You know, just yeah. just just don't do that. Like, don't say those things because for me, guess what? Me waking up in the middle of the night to change her diaper or to feed her is my blessing. Aww. You know, that's she's that's, so that's lucky. She is you know, so, so like, lucky to have you guys, both that's, that's of you. Better. Yeah. It's, it's like uh, better than, oh, I'm going into the doctor now to get this, you know, this HSG again, you know, like. Right. No, you made it. You made it to the other side. Yeah. And I'm just, it's so, I just want to thank you so, so, so much for coming on today and for sharing your experience and your strength and your hope with the listeners for this podcast, because your journey is so, you know, it's unique to you and your circumstances, but it's also, you know, universal and applicable to so many thousands and thousands of other people. And for them to have the opportunity to hear about the struggle and also know the tools that you use to help you get to where you are, they're out there, right? You can find them, you can use them and you can apply them to your own life. So I just want to say thank you to you both so, so much for being here today, for joining us. Yes, thank you. And to everyone who is listening to the Badass Fertility Podcast, please follow us and know that you can tune in weekly um, and catch this show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your shows. And if you want to learn more about me or my programs, check the show notes. We've got info down there um, where you can learn more about the Badass Fertility Program. All right, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. And again, thank you so much to Penny and Nita for taking time out of your busy schedule and sharing your journey with us. We so appreciate you. And I want to remind every listener that you too have the power to become a mom. You've got it. And we will see you next week.